Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. It is Joanna Pearl. Joanna is an award-winning international singer-songwriter, born in Illinois, raised in California. She sings in the styles of pop, rock, and soul. Uh, Her influences span multiple generations like Whitney, Mariah, Celine, Carrie, uh, all of the... the, uh, first name singers that um, we all know and love dearly. Uh, She has opened for MC Hammer and Andy Andy Grammer. She's a feature vocalist on Chicago's latest album, Born for This Moment, on track 10, The Mermaid Song. And um, she... I'm going to have to ask her to clarify this one. As soon as she comes on, I'm going to ask about this point. But she is the co-founder, president of Make Music Temecula, which is a nonprofit mission uh, to give the community access to music education and instruments. So without further ado, let me bring on Joanna. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing so good. Thank you for having me on. Of course. It's so good to see you. Um, I wanted to point out that you and I have only known each other for a very short time, but have you ever had that experience where you kind of, you learn of somebody or you see them on social media, you hear of them, you know, throughout your social circles and you always just have that knowing that me and this person are going to get along just fine. You know, I I have always had that feeling about you because I've for, from one angle or another, I've known about you or, or been familiar with what you've done in the, in the music community for a long, long time. We tried to connect on a show previously that didn't end up working out, but kind of had this, you know, just stayed in touch via uh, social media. And as it turned out, I was directing the music at the Center for Spiritual Living in Temecula Valley. And you are out in that area as well. And when I needed to step down from that position, you were the first person, you were the only person that I considered you know, reaching out to, to take the job and not knowing a single thing about you really. And, um, and as I suspected in our, just our first initial conversations, I I feel at least you and I clicked right away and it ended up being such a good fit for you. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you that you stepped into that position. No, I, I appreciate you so much. It's, um, it was something in my journey as I was going on that it happened at the right moment. So it was such it's such a cool thing uh, to be yeah. able to do that, and that's I feel like that's one of my purposes is to touch people through music. So it's a perfect platform. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so glad, and I I, I hear I so so many rave reviews of um, just the work that you're doing there. So again, thank you so much for stepping into that role. I know everybody yeah. really loves you and appreciates you there. <laughs> yeah, and I think you and I are also really kindred spirits too, because you are an entrepreneur. 
Definitely. <laughs> you are you are a businesswoman, so you speak my language and you know, I've always enjoyed, you know, watching the projects that you have going on and as we all heard from your bio, um, you do quite a lot, um, lots yeah, of singing yeah. projects, lots of business projects too. And we can talk more about that. I wanted to clarify, there was one thing here in your bio and I didn't want to say it wrong, but, um, the bullet point is Emmy winning season eight RuPaul drag show, vocal impersonator, Mar uh, Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, Patti LaBelle. What is yeah. this? So <laughs> it was like a random thing that happened. I got called on. It was before COVID, yeah, it was definitely before COVID. And it was down in LA and they're like, we need people for, and they didn't say what it was for. They just said, we need impersonators for you know, Mariah and this and that. And I had a couple things online and I'm like, just send it over, whatever. And it was like her, one of her last songs that it was like this really big note. And I'm like, I'm always trying to like emulate the, the really hardest things. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I recorded, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stick it on my YouTube. So it's up there. And I sent them the link and they're like, okay, we love this. Can you, can you do Janet? Which I think we all know Janet doesn't really sing. She's just kind of, yeah, it's different. Like, yeah. Like it's very mm -hmm. interesting to try to replicate, but so they, they hired me to do those two voices. So I was heading out to LA and um, they had someone else do some other voices and they, they called me and they're like, um, can you do Patty LaBelle? And I'm like, <laughs> Just the hardest singer ever. Like, Is that like, it? Sure. Like, <laughs> Patty LaBelle out of my hat. Like, but I did it, and I think I did it better than all all of those other voices that I did for that show. And the producer was very happy about that. But that was like, oh, yeah. So it was for the RuPaul Drag Race show season eight, which they won Emmys for for that year. So, so I'm yeah. kind of like in that little. It's kind of fun to see all that, but. That is so cool. I love, I love a project that comes along like that, that just kind of stretches you beyond really anything yeah. that you'd ever have thought, you know, that you would really do. Right. I love that singing and cover music too, is that like songs that come up that I would, I would never have picked out for myself, but then you like discover this new dimension of your voice. And that's for sure. Yeah. And, and the thing is with those, those songs were, they, in the style of but they wrote their own song so now you're having to like think like that singer like what would they do on this part you know so mm -hmm. it definitely stretched me for sure but it was yeah. good to put on the resume <laughs> yeah. So, yeah i love it so was it a voiceover or were you actually like featured on the show it was for the voiceover and then they danced okay. to it the oh, drag. I see. okay yeah it was so cute when they when it aired i was like oh that's that's me they're like Oh yeah, that really is you. Like you could kind of hear me in there. So, oh, I want to check out the episode. That's so cool. I love that. Nice. Thank you. So you had another really big project come up this year, and that was your feature track on Chicago's latest album. Yeah. Tell me all about this. How did this come yeah, to be, so and and what is going on with that? Yeah. So, um, so that actually happened like almost a year ago. And they asked me, they had this track come up and actually the producer, Joe Thomas, he um, is friends with one of my friends and, you know, I've been putting out stuff and they're like, Hey, what about this girl? You know, and they sent it over and Joe's like, okay, let me play it for the guys and see what they think. Um, and then they liked my voice. I was like, okay. So there's a song, um, the mermaid song, which was actually written like in the seventies. 
and it never made any of the albums and they really wanted it to be on this album which is the 38th album which i don't know what act in the world even has 38 albums but it's definitely something to strive for and so it's 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 a very small part but it's you know it's i'm the mermaid on track 10 which is pretty awesome so i made the cut but yeah that was like oh what <laughs> it's gonna be so awesome but i'm from chicago too like i was born in chicago raised here the album is called born for this moment it's just like the stars kind of like aligned and it's like okay i think it's, i think we're supposed to be doing this so totally serendipitous that is like yeah. that is so cool i love yeah. that i i'm um I, I have to check out that track. I'm sure it's incredible. It's super but... fun. It's like a bossa nova. It's not like anything Chicago normally does. Yeah. Which makes sense why it was written, you know, that long okay. ago. Oh, well, congratulations on that. That Thank is you. super, super cool. Yeah. Well, um, as I mentioned before, you're an entrepreneur, you're a singer. And just for the audience, those of you that do not know Joanna, she has a kick-ass voice. It is just she has a stellar voice and um if you haven't heard her work before please I'll, I'll be putting all of her links um in the comments you really really must check out her um what she does she's incredible uh so singer you're involved in all kinds of um projects i know you do original stuff you do cover stuff um it sounds to me like you've done some session work stuff before too and then you also have your hand in another, uh, a couple of other businesses and some nonprofits. So paint a picture for me of what the day in the life of Joanna Pearl is. Because I love for other singers to kind of see, see what is out there in the landscape. What, what kind of a life can you pull together as a professional singer and the different ways that that looks for different people? Right. So I think it really just starts with you getting really serious about what is your purpose? Mm -hmm. um, I think once you have that kind of mission statement, then you can kind of start pulling in things that make sense for your brand. Because if otherwise you're just kind of spinning your wheels. And I learned mm -hmm. that the hard way. You want to say yes to everything. You want to sing for everything while well, you kind of have to find your lane. Um, and like I said, I think my purpose is to sing, to touch people, which I call the dead zone inside of them um, and mm. only like certain sounds, uh, you know, touch people there. And apparently I can, you know, sing those sounds. So um, it's like a little key and it finally, you know, gets in there and penetrates and sometimes tears happen, but, um, and it's not me. I don't, I don't take any credit for it at all. Like it's just an energy that happens and I'm just the conduit of it, but I have mm -hmm. to stay true to that. In that vein, it, you, you have to really be protective of what you say yes to. Like when you reached out to me about the CSL TV, I literally just got done with my yoga cert and I was really going inward for a lot of things. I just got chills just saying that because mm -hmm. then this thing popped up literally like a week later. It's like, okay, I think I'm supposed to be going down this road. So you kind of, you'll get the signs and stuff like that. So I've been very, you know, protective of that, but, like I said, other people that are, you know, just trying to figure it out or they're spinning their wheels, you have to go within and figure that out. So on a daily basis, I have to sit there and meditate or go for a walk, be in nature or something of that, you know, um, to kind of hone that energy 
and then you go along your day with your day of meetings and writing and stuff like that. And you have to just kind of realign yourself because you'll get pulled in a lot of different directions. You'll start seeing things on social media. You're like, well, that's cool. They're doing that. That's awesome. Like mm-hmm. you have to stay in your lane, but a day in my life <laughs> is, changes every single day. I work out every single day. I have a trainer. I prep my meals. Um, I'm good about 80% of the time. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I try and just keep my mind and body and soul in check. And then on top of that, we're, you know, we're performing, whether it's at the wineries or, you know, Chino or, you know, small gigs like that, or with the band, the the 10 piece band is a lot of energy. You know that it's like, you are this conduit between the stage and the band. And that is a lot of energy. So you have Mm -hmm. to honor your body and stay in bed or say, no, I can't go out. You know, you have to be very disciplined like that. But Mm -hmm. um, Thursdays are dedicated to songwriting and introducing new songs into set lists and that kind of thing. I think you just kind of come up with a schedule that works. Mm -hmm. Tuesdays are for the band. Um, Wednesdays are kind of like a free day, but every other day there's literally something going on or I'm on the phone or booking. You know, it's chaotic. Every day is different. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, it's just like right now it's it's a machine. It's literally just going and I just don't get in the way of it. You're just like, what am I doing next? So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you really have some great processes and routines down. I mean, you definitely, you have your, um, I don't know if it's morning for you, but your morning routine and, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you're pretty intentional with everything you do. And I love just the um, self-care have just to. priority that mm-hmm. you, you have instilled in your life because to be somebody, you know, to be a, a total badass woman that has, you know, the ability to stretch themselves in so many directions and do each of those things very, very well, you know, it, it is, just like paramount that you're taking care of yourself and that you are, you know, making those really, uh, really intentional decisions about, you know, what you say yes to, what you say no to. I don't, I don't have any children either. So (laughs) that gives me a little bit of time to take care of myself, but I, I, I know you do. And that is a whole nother level of, I haven't gotten to yet. (laughs) So but (laughs) I'm like, do I want to do that? Good times. But it definitely (laughs) opens it's like a reflection of yourself, isn't it? It's like Mm -hmm. you really have another door that's opened to self-discovery when you have a child. And Mm -hmm. I think that is so amazing and a journey in and of itself forevermore, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. never going to go away, but that is hugely insightful. I mean, Mm -hmm. for songwriting, for performing, for your purpose, you know, changes a bit of direction, but I've seen some of the things you've posted on Instagram and, you know, things that are funny or like, oh, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you know, but it's great that you're so honest because that's that's what it takes to be a great artist is you have to be able to look in the mirror and look yourself in the eye and be mm-hmm. happy with what you see and the love that you're giving. It's such, We're just such energy that, you know, has to... Yeah. We have to, we have to honor ourselves, but you know, it's, um, each other as well. 
Yeah, that's, that is such a great point. I mean, life is our, life is our classroom for sure. And there's, there's so many different dimensions of that. And yes, parenthood is, it is really, um, man, it's a, it's a, the most beautiful thing in the world and the craziest thing in the world to me. And I've, I've always said that being a parent has, is like, I think you just said this actually a second ago. It is, it's like a mirror to your soul. You know, as a, as a mother, I've been able to see the very best side of myself and see, you know, what I'm really made of. And then I've seen the very worst side of myself too. And it is, you know, I can say for sure that my kids teach me a lot more than I teach them, but I know that there are, you know, babies come in various forms throughout our life and and they can be represented by a business, a, a relationship, uh, just a project songs, you know, songs that you're trying to birth and everything. But, um, I love your perspective on that, that, you know, you really do have to be attuned to that, to, to write songs. I I mean, I think it's all about life. I mean, that's what music is, right? It's just emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I've always said, you know, people, men, especially will say like, you know, women are so emotional. It's like, well, if music is emotion, then why the hell aren't women running the music industry? Because I right. think we can do a better job because we feel so many things. Yeah. Um, no, it's 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 such a gift that we have. And I'm mm-hmm. so happy. Like my latest single, I Am Woman, was mm-hmm. such like, um, oh, like a statement, you know? Um, some of the stuff in there is super, some of the lines in there are super close to my heart because they happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. and was the therapeutic to put it in the song, but being able to reclaim that power and it, it's nothing against men, nothing against, you know, anyone. It's just, there's so many things as a female in this industry. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you agree or some of the people that are listening that are women, you have to have, even today, you kind of have to have a male counterpart that looks out for you and helps mm. open the doors. Because yeah. if you don't, it's almost impossible. Even still, and it even I'm on a Chicago album. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But it, my guitarist can do a lot more than I can. And then we, you know, but we, you have to have team players on your team, basically is what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. but I, the I Am Women song is, um, I'm so proud of myself for putting that out because it wasn't a message that I don't think people would have thought that I would have said. Yeah. And I, and so many women of all different ages have come and, and I've gotten a really great response and people using it on their Instagram for, you know, songs and they're showing their clothes and they're just such confident business women. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that is what it, this is about. It's just mm-hmm. being able to do it all. Cause we can, and we do, and we do it every single day. Like you were saying, yeah. it takes so many, you know, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. You have this hat on, that hat on. And we're the CEOs of, of our business as well, mm-hmm. our brand and own it, like own yeah. all of it. We're very special creatures. So yeah, don't play it down. Like it's too good. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that so much. I, 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 I am behind that a thousand percent. And I love the fact that you mentioned having the male counterpart or almost like an ally, you know, in your corner. And I don't think 
remotely that it has anything to do with dependence or mm-hmm. um, anything like that. It's it's to me, it's like industrious to think that way. You know, you, it, you we have this self reliance, and I can definitely tell that you know you're a woman who's very self reliant. But you can look out at the world around you and see. Uh, where the playing field is not level. And when you have created relationships in your life and in your business, where you know that um, certain people within certain roles or genders or whatever, you know, um, can, you know, play, play a, a really important hand in just collaborating with you, networking with you, partnering with you to make certain opportunities happen. Um, that is super smart. I think it's super smart. And I, and I just, I want to just clarify for the conversation that it is not a dependent. It's, no. it's, it's just a smart ass move. It's a, it's a business move for sure. And the mm-hmm. great thing about that is, and there, these guys are few and far between, but you know, and I'm, I'm just going to call it out. I mean, there's a line in my song and I am woman that says, you know, don't put your hands on me unless I'm letting you lead because there are so many people. And, and I stress this so much to the younger generation uh, of people that want to sing or be in the entertainment industry at all is it's <laughs> your sexuality is not a currency. And don't mm-hmm. let anyone tell you otherwise or make you feel otherwise, because if they do, you need to walk out the door. There's something better for you somewhere else. But mm-hmm. in that vein is what I'm talking about. Like you have to have a bit of a shield mm-hmm. and don't think that, um, you know, I know this is a very touchy subject. It's not like, Oh, you know, flowers and rainbows and stuff, but that is the truth. Like you cannot go into a meeting or, re- you know, a, a studio by yourself. Like you're setting yourself up for failure. So unless you genuinely know this person through and through, and even then it can be a bit iffy, but having a male counterpart and them seeing both sides of the coin, they will stick with you and they see it. And for some reason, when a man says something to another man, it Mm -hmm. means. So it is, it is a business move in that matter, but it's so important for me to, you know, say that to women, no matter how old you are, a lot of them being younger, because they Mm -hmm. see the, you know, the acts on TV, and they want to be signed to the label, and they want to do all these things. You have to find your purpose and your reason first. That's what Mm -hmm. it comes down to. And maybe, maybe that is your purpose and reason. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not you. But it's so important to keep, you know, on point with your brand. Mm-hmm. And stay by that, no matter what offer is given to you. So. Yeah, yeah, yep, a hundred percent. So let's backtrack a little bit and go further, further back in your life where all of this began and what led to you know the the smart, you know, talented person that you are today, the businesswoman that you are today. How did you get your start? Did you have a musical family, or when did all this begin for you? Well, um, so. I kind of was uh, raised by my grandparents and my grandparents played all the old school music, you know, the good, wholesome, you know, <laughs> um, I, it's kind of square music in my opinion, but so good, you know, mm-hmm. such good, like Beach Boys and, you know, all that stuff. And then my mom played like Led Zeppelin and like, you know, the Rolling Stones and um, 
Aerosmith and Whitney and, you know, all these amazing country music and just so much. And apparently when I was a child, she had a radio under my crib. So oh. I'm going to blame her for constantly having music going in my life. But yeah. um, I didn't have anybody in my family that was like an artist, like singing. Um, we did a lot of karaoke. That was like a staple. That was like a Thanksgiving, you know, if, if we went out, maybe if there was karaoke, we would do that. That was a fun thing to do. Um, but when I was probably, I was 11 years old when we were, I've said this before in interviews, I was 11 years old when I knew that I wanted to be a professional singer. Mm -hmm. We were singing Love Can Build a Bridge by the Judds. And I had the lyrics in my hand and I'm reading the lyrics and we're singing this song and just, it just happened. Like, I want to do this. What is this? This is great. Like this music and this music, singing out loud and these words and it just clicked. And so from that point forward, I was just cursed. Why <laughs> <So laughs> so though, as a child, I was so shy and mm -hmm. I was only in that choir class because I was made to be put in there. Mm -hmm. And then throughout uh, middle school, I didn't have any kind of musical outlet choir wise um, because I went to a place called Elsinore Middle School, which was super poor school. <laughs> so then when I went to high school, then I joined choir um, because of my counselor because he, he was a great counselor, Mr. Wilson, and he asked the questions and he figured out you know, even though I was shy and stuff, but I do remember in middle school when Celine Titanic had came out, right? Yes. <laughs> my heart will go on and that whole album and my friend got the album, the CD, and I stayed up in her room playing the CD over and over again, reading the lines on the, what used to be, you know, pull out things. Yeah. And figuring out every word that was my thing um, while they're out jumping on the trampoline. And I'm like, no, I, I need to know everything about this album. <laughs> mm -hmm. I did that mm -hmm. with Mariah stuff sitting there and uh, with a tape recorder, my karaoke tape recorder on one yeah. side, waiting for the song to okay, record and then stopping it and then sitting and writing all the lyrics. It's just the second nature. Mm -hmm. So when I got to high school and didn't, choir and then went to show choir and we were competing and I was like holy moly this is awesome like you know mm -hmm. kind of my shell um and then I tried out for American Idol second year because of Miss Kelly Clarkson mm -hmm. like her voice is amazing who is this woman yes. so I have some nice memories of camping out at the Rose Bowl with my mom and grandma all night and mm -hmm. getting to audition at 2 p.m. the next day and saying, I don't care what happens. Like, just, I want to go home and eat. Yeah. And I just want to wash my hair. I just want to like go down <laughs> not on the street. Like, it's like, this is bizarre. So yeah. I made it to that, you know, those channels, but it wasn't until I was 25, 24, 25, that I became a professional singer through my mm -hmm. producer, Thomas Barceau. And the, again, having a male, you know, um, person in the industry helping you along is so helpful to have mm -hmm. a mentor like that um but yeah we just we started a songwriting camp we it's been going for 13 years now very successful um and I learned how to write music and record we would record covers and 
got to work with a lot of amazing people in the industry, which I had no business working with, but they were there. So it just worked out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, I mean, the, so when I didn't have a choir in middle school, that's where my passion for the Make Music Temecula charity came from. Because I wanted to make sure that arts, mainly music, is not cut from schools. So we figure out how to fund it. You know, we're in the beginning stages still, but being able to give instruments to children, um, you know, bringing awareness, going into the schools and talking to them and, you know, letting them know you don't, you know, singing isn't the only thing that you can do in the music industry. There's songwriting, there's, you know, production, there's this, there's that. Um, and just kind of giving, painting them a picture, um, but also working with like, I work with uh, supervisor Chuck Washington as well and um, keeping, obviously, you know, music is so incredibly powerful for mm -hmm. our community, for our youth, for our sanity, you know, right. um, it keeps everyone kind of level and out of trouble. <laughs> so we want to make sure right. we keep, Music in school. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I just, I respect and appreciate what you're doing with that because that is, that could not be more true. And it's, it's hard to wrap my head around what it must be like for, you know, this generation of kids coming through schools. And there's, of course, there are still schools that do provide music, but back in my day, it, it was just an integral part of school. You know, you, yeah. you played in the band, you played in the orchestra, you sang in choir, you had music class, you had all of those things. And, you know, I was ex extremely fortunate to have those things all the way through high school even. And I, I'm a hundred percent sure that choir was really the only reason I graduated from high school. Yeah, that, yeah. Was my, that was my incentive to get there every day and make grades good enough to get myself out of there. Yeah. And so I just, I wonder nowadays, you know, what is it that's filling that void for kids in school, you know, and, and so for you to be out there really advocating for that and, you know, spreading that message is, is wonderful and Thank you. Yeah. very much I think, needed. I think the, um, the schools are, I mean, they do the best that they can, mm -hmm. but everything is geared towards like reading and not hands-on stuff and mm -hmm. um, not being creative and, you know, it's geared toward another direction of, of people than when we were growing up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's very interesting because those are the people that will change the world, you know, um, the main people anyway, you know, is, is the people that think more with their right brain than their mm -hmm. left. And, you know, right now is a national um, dyslexia month, which I didn't even know about I until the know. other day. Mm -hmm. And I actually, it, it's interesting because I started doing a little bit of research on it. And just because of like, you know, when you're in the studio, like singing certain notes or, um, remembering lyrics on stage. <laughs> I don't know if you have issues with that, but I do. I do. Um, <laughs> that's like a nightmare of mine. I don't know if it's anyone else. What are the lyrics? Um, but I was doing some research and I I have this issue with like, I don't know my left or my right. 
Like if you were to be like, turn left, I'm like, it's the one that makes the L like, okay, it's that way. Um, huh. It's very interesting. And I overheard, I don't know if it was on the radio or somebody said something and they said, well, if you mix up your left and right often, you could be dyslexic. So I started researching it and there's a lot of things that I, you know, uh, associate myself with. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But it's interesting because even um, through the years, you know, whether you have ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, you know, whatever it is, there's such a like self-confidence you can build through music, through accomplishing, you know, getting up on stage and singing or writing a song and stuff like that. So beyond even it being educational, it's, it's one of the pillars of that holds up our society, you know, and self-confidence is with all this. I don't even know how everyone does the social media stuff and they're in school, you know, the parents really have to be on that, but yeah, you easily break down your self-confidence. So having something to rebuild that is super important. But. Yeah. No, truly. You know, I, I really, I hadn't, um, thought of it that way. And I think, I think so many people who maybe don't come from uh, an arts background or music, musical background that don't really have that, you know, deeper appreciation for having music education in school or arts education in school. I think sometimes think that, oh, it's just, it's just a flowery, you know, take it or leave it skill that people can have. And it's, it's just a little too, I don't know, uh, unimportant, I guess, yeah. but the way you've just articulated, you know, one of the deeper needs for that is, is so amazing. Um, my daughter was diagnosed with ADHD last year. And I think we, we've known, you know, for years yeah. that, that she, um, you know, was struggling with this and, um, the academics are definitely a struggle for her. She's being evaluated for dyslexia as well. But on the other hand, she's wildly creative. I mean, just exactly. like wildly creative. She's got mm -hmm. the music. She's got the art. She's got all of these things. And, and my husband and I have always said, you know, who knows how the academics are going to turn out here. She, she's got to learn, you know, the fundamental skills that she needs to, you know, get through life yeah. with. No, but these, you know, individuals who um, are learning to manage this, to have that channel where yeah. you can channel that energy, that genius, that, that side of your mind that does operate at a, a just, a, it's not even optimal level. It's just far above where, you know, many people's minds operate. Um, so having these programs in school is, are like life saving and they are, they, those are the things that these kids are going to build their self-confidence and self-esteem around and so it's just man it's so important so is yeah and, and it's and these things you know and there's tons of different things that so many people you know have issues with that are not compatible with the school and how it's you know or the world even but mm -hmm. Steve Jobs was dyslexic Thomas Edison was dyslexic like the great inventors of our time, you know, of the why we have lights, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it takes a brain that thinks differently. Yeah. And right now in our society, it doesn't support that. And it, it, you know, it needs to flip a little bit. But I think as musicians, it's, it is our responsibility to stand up and say, and I'm actually part of the, um, the Grammy, the Recording Academy um, 
for advocating to our congressmen and and that kind of like political arena to make sure that you know artists are getting paid their royalties and fighting for better you know pay on everything but also mm -hmm. to make sure that they understand that like you said music isn't just it's not a reality show it's not just for tv and simon you know it's mm -hmm. matters so much more than that it's like it needs to be available yeah to, to children especially so yeah, most definitely. And so your organization is called um, Make Music Temecula. Um, how do people become involved in the program? How do you do your fundraising? How do you, uh, are you looking for volunteers or um, tell me more about yeah. that? Yeah, so we're a 501c3. We got that last year. So we're super excited because there is a difference between nonprofit and 501c3. Um, so that means more people will, you know, get involved businesses and whatnot. So last year we did like a Christmas singing telegram where people could buy and then, you know, we'd send out different artists to go and, you know, sing and just kind of put music in the community. But every we're we are a chapter of Make Music Day or Make Music Alliance is the parent chapter. And they have chapters in different cities in California. I think there's only four chapters. Um, so. With their help, we have a lot of um, tools to put on different events and give out free instruments, um, like through Fender. And like one year we gave out like 250 harmonicas. Um, and it's so cool to see like the parents and the kids and they're playing. It's just like such a cool, you don't see that a lot, you know, yeah. kids and parents coming together and having genuinely good time and laughing and you know, you always see them on their phone, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's like, whoa, it's driving me crazy. Yeah. Um, but yes, volunteers, we have a website, makemusictemecula.org, and we have a sign up there. Um, every, we are a nonprofit and we're part of them, so we do our own stuff. And then every June 21st on the summer solstice is Make Music Day all around the world. It actually started in France. So there's, it ha literally is happening all over the world. Um, and it's really fun because the, the goal is super simple and it's really hard to explain to people because it's so simple. We just want people to make music on that day, whether mm. that's you blaring your radio or learning to play a new instrument or getting together and doing a drum circle or, do, you know, whatever it is, anything that has to do with music to just like jump in it on that day and just, mm. you know, submerge yourself in music. Um, and then, well, of course, we have our own events as well where, we have artists performing here and there throughout the city. Um, but yeah, we actually, the whole, you know, Temecula got behind us and we declared June 21st, Make Music Day in Temecula. Next will be the county. And then next I'm shooting for Make Music Day, California. So I really, I mean, it's one of my passions. And I, know, I think it is because I didn't have it when I was yeah. in middle school. And I got into a lot of trouble <laughs> because I didn't have music. And then I got music and I'm, wow, okay, the world changed and opened up. So yeah. that's part of my purpose too, I think. But Yeah. Oh, man. Well done. I, I put um, the link, the makemusictemecula.org in the comments. So if you're listening and you'd like to get involved um, with that program, you can find it there and just really want to acknowledge you again for, you know, being a part of that and contributing that to, um, to the world. It's, it's so, so important. Um, uh, so 
you have um, some upcoming dates that you're performing as well. Um, it yeah. looks like you, well, first of all, tell me about the new songs coming out. Okay, so, well, okay, we had a little, there's a very special guest going to be part of the new single, mm -hmm. which now is delaying the single, but I'm okay with this. <laughs> because okay, of <laughs> it must be a good so one. I'm like, we will do whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, so what we're doing is I'm, there is a, someone doing remixes of I Am Woman. So those are going to come out this month. And then we'll have a little bit of a time. We're going to be in writing you know, zone and holiday kind of music. And then the first quarter of 2023 will be the album that comes out. So that's what we're working on right now. It's super exciting. Hopefully there will be more um, friends <laughs> that join on this uh, endeavor. But um, yeah, I feel really, I feel really excited about what's coming. And uh, there's already a few songs that we've written that I'm like, I feel like it's a whole, like, I am literally living a Pearl's life. Like, I'm, I've been in this shell for so long, and I'm mm. opening up what I want to, apparently. So it's my, my time to do this and talk about things that people don't talk about. Yeah, you know? so, that's great. And these are songs that, um, uh, they're your originals? And, yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Digging deep on this, a lot of meditating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And you also have a date coming up at Humphreys on the 28th. And what band is that with? That's with Soul Cows. So that's the 10 piece, um, which you're very familiar with, a, a large band. So much fun. We played there before. And uh, yeah, we're it's, it's a couple days before Halloween. So we're kind of doing like a 70s theme for the band. And we're having a costume contest for whoever decides to come. So you're more than welcome to come down. Covers, I think, 12 bucks or something. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Very Super cool. Fun. Humphreys is always a great time. Always oh, love great. it there. Um, and then uh, December 17th, Ontario Rain. What's happening there? So, yes. So one of the biggest games of the year, it's called the Teddy Bear Toss. So I will be doing a fundraiser, uh, getting Toys for Tots bears, basically. And I'm singing the national anthem. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for sponsors for that as well. And your stuff will be up everywhere, Ontario rain. So if you're interested. And basically you take all the bears and everyone throws them on the ice. Like in the, I said halftime. I'm so sorry. Like I'm, I suck with all those sports and what is what. But <laughs> you're asking the wrong it's person. So, <laughs> it's, so, it's so cool. I did it a few years back and it's just so awesome. And again, it's like this giving back situation and all the teddy bears that go. And we have a giant bear that is going to be thrown over the ice. So that would be super fun. But my goal is to get 500 bears to be, you know, donated. Mm -hmm. Great. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, um, as we kind of uh, start wrapping up here, the final question that I want to ask you, just knowing the journey that you've had and all of the amazing projects that you're a part of, the just the grit, the stamina, just the, the self-esteem, just the empowerment that requires that. Tell me what makes you unstoppable. Wow. <laughs> What makes me unstoppable 
is being able to wake up every morning and helping one other person via music. Even if it doesn't matter. It's uh, that's my purpose. So that's what fuels me. And when that happens, I go looking for another one. So mm-hmm. there's so many people to help through music. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer. That's incredible. Thank you so much, Joanna, for taking the time to do this. It was so great talking to you. I hope I get to catch up with you really soon at the Center for Spiritual Living and see what's going on with the fam over there. But um, I'm here for you. I'm cheerleading behind the scenes for you all the time and we'll do anything I can to support your mission and everything that you're doing. And um, I've posted all of your uh, your website link, your social media links in the comments. So anywhere in particular, people should start checking you out. Are you mostly on Instagram or what's your big? Yeah. I mean, Instagram and that, you know, feeds in, but I'm, I mean, obviously mostly on there. And then my website, if you go and, you know, put in your information and get on the mailing list, then you'll be the first to know everything for sure. Cause we have mm-hmm. an email that goes out. That's the easiest way. Who knows what platform will be tomorrow? Email right. is key. <laughs> No, you never know. You never know. But again, thank you so Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.